The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is officially UFC 285 Fight Week. It is officially the countdown to, in my opinion, the most intriguing fight on the books in mixed martial arts right now in 2023 for the vacant heavyweight title, the return of John Jones versus Cyril Gaon. As we record this, we are six days away from that fight, but before we can turn that page... We have to put a bow on UFC Vegas 70 from a matchmaking perspective. A wacky fight card that lost its main event just a couple of hours before it began. But in its place, we got ourselves a title fight. Brennan Allen stops Andre Muniz, submits him in the third round. And the middleweightiest middleweight title is evolving at a pace that has surpassed my wildest imaginations. But thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck, and joining me as always... The face-making co-host, the co-matchmaker, the prince of positivity, and he's my best friend, not yours, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. Hello, AK. Hello, my best friend. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to 285. Uh, I will say it's a little crazy. As we record this, uh, we're hours away We're hours away from Jake Paul, Tommy Fury, supposedly happening. By the time people hear this, I don't know. Maybe it has already happened or you know, heaven forbid, was canceled again. Uh, but if you had told me that Fury, uh, that uh, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury and John Jones and Cyril Gaon would go through without a hitch in the same week, I would not have believed you. I would have thought one of these fights would have fallen through somehow. Again, we still have plenty of time before 285. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever all stuff you guys want to do, uh, whatever superstition you people have to uh, 
prevent misfortune, I say please do it because, again, listen, I don't like John Jones personally, but I'm very excited, of course, to see him fight again. Uh, and against Cito Gan, I think it's just a great matchup. It's not, you know, it's not the Jones and Ganu matchup we wanted for so long, but it's not a bad, it's not a bad constellation prize. And regardless of what happens, just the storylines coming out of it are are, are going to be compelling no matter what. I, I just think there's as, as much as we're talking about in the lead up, I think there's going to be so much to say about the fight after whether Gan wins, whether Joan wins, whether it's controversial, whether it's not controversial. Um, we're going to be talking about this one probably for the rest of the year. It's going to be a, a whole discussion about it regarding the. Uh, middleweightiest middleweight title mike uh I, I, we have to have a discussion it seems weird for it to be on a ranked guy i will say i'm gonna talk about my rankings in a bit mike uh the the the, the result of saturday's main event actually kind of messed with my rankings in a weird way so we'll get into that but i will uh but i do think he is uh brendan allen will end up ranked because muniz was he was in our top 10 brendan allen probably will have a spot by the time our next rankings update goes out um, it feels weird to put on a ranked person, but like you said, it's evolving. It's evolving. But is is this not a title that maybe if you get it like a a top ten ranking, you should have to vacate it? You you can't be the middleweightiest middleweight champion. I don't know. What's the ruling on this? I mean, look, Brendan Allen just had the best performance of his career, and it's not a coincidence that it was his first title defense. So maybe he just wants to keep the belt and continue to evolve. And who uh-huh. knows? This could be like the build to WrestleMania six where Brandon Allen just keeps winning and winning. And maybe he could fight Alex Pereira or Israel Adesanya. It'd be like the ultimate Warriors, the intercontinental champion versus Hulk Hogan as the WWF champion. And then they unify into one belt or, you know, Brendan wins the belt. He could vacate the middleweight yes. middleweight title and we could start all over again. Or Brendan can just do what he wants. He could call it a different belt. Whatever. And then we can crown a new middleweightiest middleweight champion. I mean, the evolution of this title since it was introduced to the world like two years ago and Christoph Jocko was just running things. Man, like I think Christoph Jocko is the champion even when he was lo- even when he lost fights because he was yes. still like the number 16 guy. But this title is just taking on a life of its own and I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm I'm buckling up and I'm taking the journey. That's that's for sure. the that's my quibble with it, Mike. Is it's the middleweightiest middleweight title isn't about winning. It's about being a middleweight. <laughs> it's about defi- the being one of middleweight. So Jocko, you're right. It's a perfect example. I think at some point he did have a UFC number next to his name. He's probably somewhere in the fourteen fifteen range, um, but never never much higher than that. And I know he was never in our global rankings. He was probably a Favre. He might have gotten a, a vote here or there. And, and he always sat outside that top 15, right, in that 16, 25 range. That, that's that's what a middleweight should be. Like, this is for the, I'm looking now, the Gerald Mearshart. Like, Gerald Mearshart, I feel like, is the logical option to carry on the mantle. I feel like Brendan Allen should pass it on to him. That's um, not a bad idea. Right? They are buddies. They are so buddies. That would make sense. I think I think it's logical to ha- pass it on to him. But like I'm looking at other names in that range. Ian Heinish, I think, would be a, a strong candidate uh, if he can get some wins going. Not too many wins, but get a few wins going. <laughs> I know this guy's. <laughs> I, I know this guy's getting up there, and and I feel like he he's people see him as a future like top fifteen guy. But I feel like Caio Baraglio, if if things don't go great for him in the next his next two or four fights prime middleweighty middleweight candidate prime candidate but again i don't want to think he's a prime candidate right now his style is like perfect for this title so who knows maybe maybe with a win in his next fight 
I think he's got a pretty tough opponent. I forget who exactly it is. Um, I have to maybe he gets the quick. Brennan Allen fight. Maybe they go to that. And you're right. He, see, he does because we talked about this. I wanted to define this on the post-fight show. Uh, so if anyone didn't, I won't go over the whole thing again. But for anyone who, who's like, oh, what's a middleweighty middleweight? What does that mean? Like, watch our post-fight for UFC Vegas 70. I kind of wanted to get into it. Uh, Kyle's fighting. Oh, a tough one. Michael Oluksajic. Um it's it, it's 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 how these middleweights who we know are either talent like they're talented jujitsu guys strikers but they have some sort of specialty like these are good talented fighters and for some reason at some point their fights just become this mess and that's very true of kayo who is as far as we know is like a blue chip grappler yet somehow has never really had a finish we all thought oh he's definitely going to submit like armin petrosian and it didn't go that way at all um so he would fit it so i will say kayo if you don't become a top 10 middleweight within the next you know 18 months that middleweighty middleweight title is is up for grabs. I'm just it's amazing how people have just bought into this thing mm-hmm. and I love it. Like I love it. People were talking about it last night. As soon as and I felt bad for Nikita Kryloff and Ryan Span, who there are reports out there, we have not confirmed this yet, that they're gonna rebook that for March eleventh, that card in Vegas, not at the Apex. Uh, which would be very cool for both guys, and hopefully that that is the case. These guys can get right back after it, but yeah, as soon as that fight was over, everyone's like, "Oh, well, now we're getting a now the middleweightiest middleweight titles on the line in the main event." Like people are hitting me up like crazy. I was like, "This is awesome! This is great! It's finally getting over." Um, and who knows? the 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 definition is in the eye of the beholder. It's uh, it's it's like a robbery or pound for pound. You can you can determine it how you see fit, and our imaginations are just running wild. This is what Fight Island was supposed to be. This in the middleweightiest middleweight title is what Fight Island was supposed to be. Our imagination's running wild. The excitement just continues to build up for this title and the future of this title. And so let's just get right into it and talk about the champion himself, Mister All In, Brendan Allen, who looked better than ever against Andre Muniz. Again, coincidence? The fight after winning the middleweightiest middleweight title? I think not. But this guy. Pretty much all of us tabbed as a future title challenger, 185 pounds, Audrey Muniz, that is. Brandon Allen just quietly flies under the radar, perhaps overlooked by the MMA community. And man, did he shut a lot of people up. I think he probably destroyed a bunch of betting parlays in the process. What a performance. Called out pretty much the entire division one by one after the win. But what makes sense to you, AK? There's a very popular pick amongst the... The Otno listeners, but I'm curious to see where you landed. Uh, I think I think I'm with the majority here. I did have a chance to sort of look over some of the the listener picks this week uh, ahead of the show, so I am going to land on the Joker, Jack Hermanson. Uh, Joker coming off a loss. I think Joker lost his last fight, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Oh no, he beats. He Chris- did. He did. He beat Curtis Curtis, and then he lost to who did he lose to? He lost to. I literally was just looking at this. Roman Delice. That's right. That's yeah, right. that's what it was. Kind of, yep. kind of surprising. Kind of got upset there. Um, so, yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I want Brendan. Al- so, Brendan Allen's in a weird spot for me because so I'll, I'll talk about my rankings now. You would think Muniz was, again, tied for number seven in our uh, in our rankings, uh, the consensus rankings, uh, MMA Fighting Global rankings. I had Muniz at seven as well, so I was right in line with, every, with the, how we ended up. I can't. I can't bump Brendan Allen that high 
because he has somewhat recent losses to Sean Strickland and again a little less recently Chris Curtis. You know the two rematches he he he's been asking for. Um, the Curtis one you could say is long enough that maybe we could we could look past it, but the Strickland one is a little bit. Oh, sorry, it's the Curtis one is was more recent, right? The Curtis one was more recent, December twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Strickland was was uh, his the the one, and that was like a weird. Was that a light heavyweight belt or like a catchweight belt? And that was when we first sort of saw the Strickland that would become a, a top 10 guy. So I, I don't know if I love either of those rematches, but my, I bring them both up because I they're, they're recent enough. I can't put Brandon Allen above them in my rankings. I have and I have Sean Strickland at nine. I have Curtis at 14. So for me, that leaves Allen kind of still on the outside looking in. I have him in the 15 spot. And if you add in uh, Johnny Eblen. Brendan Allen will actually not be making my my top fifteen rankings uh, in the next wow. cycle. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've if you've worked this out yet. It, it, are you going to just jump him over? Did, does this win jump him over Curtis and Strickland for you, or at least over over Curtis? Probably. Hmm. Probably. Um, yeah, I mean, but Curtis is fighting Kelvin Gastelum, and it's not like a better win than Andre mm-hmm. Muniz, but mm-hmm. it's a win and. It'll be close. Like it, it'll be very close because you know Chris has lost since since then too. So he lost to Jack Hermanson. That he lost was, to Hermanson. That fight was not all that competitive. Like Hermanson just kind of pieced him up for fifteen minutes. So yeah, um, I'm looking at it. It is going to be tougher than I thought. I had me and Jed had Muniz ranked higher than anybody. We both had him at six. Okay. Um, not crazy. That's not crazy. Brendan Allen will not be number six. I can assure you of that. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if I can rank him above Cannoneer and Costa and RDR, DDP, Derek Brunson, Strickland. I think he might... I think Imolov might bump out in Delize. Mm, I think Brendan Allen will probably be number 15 in my rankings. And mm-hmm. Muniz might be... Muniz might be out. Muniz might be the guy that's out. Because maybe I like I just feel like I overranked him, and yeah, even with we all this did. matchup, I think like, we all did. And and even with this matchup, like I was, I didn't like it for Andre Muniz. I, I mean, I, I said it a bunch. I thought this is a much tougher fight than people were giving it credit for. I thought Brendan Allen was his toughest opponent, even with you know, God bless all his opponents and you know Uriah Hall, whatever. But Brendan Allen stylistically was a way tougher fight. And no one was given that credence. I still was going to pick Muniz to win, but it was a close, like really tough, maybe a split decision is how I saw that fight going. But yeah, Brendan Allen just don't care what anybody has to say. So yeah, it is going to be tough, AK. He he probably will. I don't think I can not rank him. I have to find a way to get him in, but it's it's not like he's going to jump to number six. It's just, I can't do that. This is, uh- this is tough now that I'm looking at it. I'm being super harsh. It's it's really unfair to Brent Allen for me to say you beat a guy who we we all agreed is a top ten middleweight, and now I am not giving you a top even a top fifteen spot. Uh, but like you said, you, you said you nailed it on the head. Um, we may have overranked Muniz. I'm looking at it now. Muniz's best or, wins. Or, or I'm sorry, the other name. Go ahead, please. The other name. Maybe we bump Nasruddin Imovov. Yeah, I could see that too. Uh, I think I already have him out. I think that's the thing for me. Oh no, I still have him at fifteen. Yeah, and I actually have him in my just UFC rankings. I have him eleven. I think so. Wait, who's ahead? Do I have ahead of him? RDR, I guess. Who do I? I gotta look. I gotta look at my middleweight rankings again. Eblen. Yeah, you got RDR, Delizze, Strickland, 
Duplessis, yeah. Costa, that's 10 through 14. Sure, okay. Imovov at 15. Uh, Imovov at 15, interesting. So I have Hermanson out, Tavares, uh, Chris Curtis. okay. Uh, yeah, so the overranking of Muniz was pr- a problem. I mean, I think we saw we were, did some projection, which I, I won't apologize for. I think projection is a fair part of rankings. You don't always, one, you can't always rely on MMA math, and two, some guys like my personal favorite right now, Jelton Almeida, just run through the competition so impressively, you, you have to rank them. Um, Muniz also had the Jacare win, which now looking back on it, hasn't aged that well. It was the last fight of Jacare's career. That was He was on a three-fight losing streak. Uriah Hall was another good win, but he was also coming off a loss. So his two biggest wins were older guys coming off losses who, as of now, are no longer competing in MMA. So those wins have aged poorly. So um, th- for me, this is a course correction. And unfortunately, that course correction also leaves Allen out. It sucks. It sucks to say. But yeah, I went with uh, Jack Hermanson. Uh, Mike, I-, I wasn't sure if you said, uh, what-, what was your pick for, for Muniz? I actually, and this is something oh, for Brendan that I Allen, talked about. Me. For Brendan Allen, I'm sorry. For Brendan Allen, yeah. I, and... I, I thought the timing of this fight was perfect for either guy because the thing about middleweighty middleweights and just the middleweight division in general is that these fights happen and they're interesting, but they're so few and far between that when we have to make matchmaking selections, it just we don't know where the hell it's going. It's a lot of well, this needs to happen and this needs to happen. The timing of this fight is actually perfect for Brendan Allen, to, especially having the performance like that because we have Drinkus Duplessis fighting Derek Brunson on Saturday at UFC 285. Marvin Vittori's fighting Roman Delize two weeks after that at UFC 286. I think after this performance, and and yes, I'm going to squeak Brendan Allen into the rankings. I do think he is ready for almost all of those guys that I just mentioned and all the guys that he called out, whether it's a rematch or not. Derek Brunson, I will take out of the equation because he trains at the same gym as Brendan Allen. They're both Killcliffe guys. So probably not going to see that fight happen. So... I landed on, no matter what happens, Drickus Duplessis, win or lose. Mm. That's my pick. That's and good. I am picking DDP to beat Derek Brunson. And if that's the case, let's just do Brennan Allen versus DDP. Because I still have questions about DDP. And I don't know if Derek Brunson, who has been very vocal about having one foot out the door, is the guy to answer those questions. The A-plus Derek Brunson, the guy who you know, put it on Kevin Holland, the guy who beat Ian Heinish when Ian Heinish was on a nice run. Like, if that guy shows up and, you know, just frustrates the hell out of DDP, then we'll get some answers. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think Brendan Allen could be the guy that, you know, I think people are going to be shooting a little bit higher than that for DDP if he beats Brunson, but, yeah, I would want to see that fight. So that's the one I'm picking. Probably, Probably a little, maybe a bridge too far in terms of, not for skill, but just for how the UFC would actually matchmake Brendan Allen. But it's a fight that I want to see, and I think it answers questions I have about DDP. If that so. matchup happens and he beat uh, Drickus Duplessis, and uh, I, then he then then I would have him vault over Curtis and Strickland, even even without having to rematch them. That would make Brendan Allen a, a pretty clear top ten uh, middleweight to me. So again, I'm being. A, Brendan Allen, you're gonna, you're gonna, if you're out there, you're gonna have to enjoy the middleweighty middleweight title. It's the most important thing, anyway. But uh, you will have, you will fly up the rankings if you're able to get one more, sort of one more big match. But again, it just, it's just unfortunate. Those Strickland and Curtis losses for me are still, still there. And and I, now I understand why he wants to get those, you know, at least one of those wins back so badly. But um, or one of those losses back, I should say. But uh, yeah, I think DDP getting DDP would be even better than rematching either of those guys. And uh, and if he can win, uh, man, Brendan Allen would be what a, what a huge run he'd be on. 
Yeah, I mean, I would be kind of curious to see those rematch, see how Brennan actually treats them, because him and Strickland were not friendly to each other. Chris Curtis is obviously a training partner and close friend of Sean Strickland, so that was a big storyline heading into that fight. And Chris kind of shrugged it off like, I don't really care, but Brennan didn't. So be interested to see how the mental game would be played there. But The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. AK, before that, we had a heavyweight fight. <laughs> Did we now? And two heavyweights got into the cage and they fought. And it was pretty much everything we expected it to be. And it was won by Augustus Sakai, AK. So, look, I don't know what to do here. Uh, so I thought about this for a little while and then I just kind of landed on it because I, and I don't know how people are going to react to this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I spoke with a man last week who is ready to fight. He has the itch to compete and he has been working with John Jones and Johnny Bones has lit a fire under his ass and he wants to fight in June. And we have been very picky on this show for a long time about this guy. And after seeing what we saw last night, I feel like this is okay for matchmaking. Augusto Sakai versus Walt Harris. Because I feel like I feel like this is something the UFC is going to be looking at. I feel like when Walt Harris... Because I don't know if Walt Harris is going to be in Vegas this week. I would assume he's going to be in some way, shape, or form since John Jones has a very small circle of training partners and Walt Harris is part of that small circle. I'm putting on my UFC glasses here and they are pointing me in this direction. I'm hesitant to book Walter against anybody because I just want to see this man shine, but I don't think he would get hurt in this fight. I think this is a fight he could win. I really do after watching him sh- kind of struggle and fade and not look good against Dontail Mays. I feel like this new rejuvenated Walt Harris could could compete with Augusta Sakai. So that's my pick. What do you think? I'm just having deja vu. I feel like I, I think I guess you haven't mentioned Waltz in a while. I feel like someone did, even with last week's heavy. What was last week's heavyweight main card showcase? Uh, Pogues and Parisian. 
Yeah, I don't think we. Uh, I swear, I think the some, listeners did. But. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it was one of. I swear, some. The last time, up, so yeah, just... the last time I, I, the last time I put Wal Harris's name out there, it was against. I think it was like against Chase Sherman before he got released and brought back okay. again. I still like that. Um, I have a lot. First of all, uh, I wish we had the MMA Hour breaking news uh, soundboard because I don't know if you heard, Mike, but Augusto Sakai is back. <laughs> he is back. <laughs> I was like half listening to his promo, and then he just starts shouting, and I'm like, "What the hell? What's going on?" I'm like, <laughs> it's, I mean, and it's listen. He he snapped a four fight win streak. It's not like he. Sh- it's crazy to him to make some. Pro- it didn't quite have the 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 charm of like Moicano wants money. You know what I mean? It wasn't quite there for me. It didn't quite land there. I've I don't know why I have so much to say about Sakai. Uh, first of all, if anyone refers to that, I don't think I saw anyone do it on social media. But if anyone refers to that fight as a, as a co-main event, I mean that was barely a main card fight, much less a co-main event. That was the definition of a fight getting moved from third last to penultimate. Okay, it's not a co-main. There's nothing to it. I guess Sakai was ranked once upon a time. That's about it. But again, I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone. This was the circumstances they were dealt. Um, how? Let, let me ask you something, Mike. How old? You probably know because again, we you know we've been looking at these numbers and everything for the past week. How old is Augusto Sakai? Uh, thirty-five. You are way off. Forty-four. <laughs> You're wrong way. He's thirty-one. He's thirty-one. Thirty-one. Wow. He's thirty-one. He's been fighting. I did not since, know that. I did not know until I looked. He's been fighting since two thousand eleven. So obviously up there in MMA years. But he's young for heaven. He's thirty-one. He is somehow. He's younger than Andre Muniz. He's younger than Carl Deaton, who just fought for the first time in the UFC. Sakai's younger than him. He's younger than uh, than Jasmine Yasudavishis somehow just a few months older than Mike Malott and Victor Martinez. Victor Martinez also made his UFC debut. He's 31 years old. I just, I don't, I couldn't believe it. He just has his whole, he's not just back, Mike. His, he has a whole career ahead of him. He's just, <laughs> forget being back. We've only just begun. Because <laughs> I was counting the man out. So let's give this young stud uh <laughs> Shamil Abdurakimov, I guess. Abdurakimov, I don't know if he's been released yet, but I, I, as far as I know, he's still with the promotion, despite being in a pretty bad slump himself. But let's give Abdurakimov a chance to break out of a slump and and see what happens there, because uh, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't want to bump Sakai up against like a top 15 guy. He didn't earn that with that win. Um, and it has to happen, by the way, in the, the UFC Apex, which is the home... Mike, did you watch the Elvis movie? Yeah, it's awful yeah i'm not yeah i'm not a fan fan. i I didn't love it uh but the whole you know the whole last half of the movie is about elvis getting trapped in that las vegas residency and uh i feel like that's what sakai has or deserves he should have a ufc (laughs) apex residency four of his past five fights i want to say four of his past five fights have taken place at the apex he also fought uh 269 which i took t-mobile so Five, his last five fights have been in Vegas, four at the Apex. He should have a residency. They should be paying him a lot of money every year. Four, you know, I don't know how many fights he can get. Four show, four fights a, a year, UFC Apex, put his name on the billboard, uh, let people know. He Make him an attraction. You know, you come to Vegas, you're going to come see, uh, get, get, dinner and a, get dinner and a show. <laughs> let that show be watching Augusto Sakai fight at the UFC Apex. He has earned this. He lives there. 
Uh, and I hope he, I, I don't know where his residence is. I hope he is actually staying in Vegas because if he's flying back and forth from Brazil or wherever he trains to Vegas, uh, save him the money. Pay this man, put him up in a fancy hotel with Dana and, uh, and let him be your UFC Apex attraction. Man, him and Shamil Darahimov is going to be rugged. That's like the best. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, I love the residency idea. That's that's tremendous stuff. But all eyes were on Tatiana Suarez, AK. She returned for the first time in almost four years, submits Montana De La Rosa in the second round, flyweight bout. Look, this fight, I mean, the way this fight went exactly the way I thought it was going to go. Uh, I thought she would win. I thought there'd be moments where she'd have to feel it out a little bit. I mean, it's not easy to go back in there after all that time and just be and just run people over. Uh, and Montana's a tough opponent. She was the perfect opponent to come back to. She was going to try to fight Tatiana. She was going to, you know, have some sort of defense for her. Uh, but Tatiana's just an absolute animal. She's so strong. Eventually, she's going to get going, and she did. And she got Montana De La Rosa to tap in the second round. But she wants to go back to her home at 115. I think she could compete at either division, but I think 115 is probably the better spot for her. And she really wants this Rose Damiunas fight. Not sure if she'll get it. Maybe they'll do it. But what do you see next for Tatiana Suarez? Uh, that's a great call-up for her. I, I mean, I think I, I, I would certainly favor her over Rose at this point. I mean, listen, Rose fights well when she's counted out, so uh, I'm not saying by any means like El Suarez just smashes her, but just based on the skill set, based on I still, I thought she looked pretty good on, on Saturday. I don't know if people were expecting her to just run through Montana and around, but Montana's tough, and for Suarez to, to even, again, win the fight the way she did and finish it and show a lot of, you know, that she still has pretty much all of the, the skills that she had before she went on this long layoff, injury recovery, um, she looked good. It was a great matchup. I loved it. Uh, so Rose is a good choice, but I'm going all in. I think someone mentioned this on the post-fight show, Mike, and we were all kind of like, okay, maybe that's the way to go. So let's say uh, let's say Jessica Andrash. Forget it. Listen, both these ladies want that title shot. Again, th- both of them would love to fight Rose to earn it, I'm sure. But like we said, we just don't know uh, when Rose plans to fight again. She can take all the time off she wants. That's, that's good, but... At some point, this division needs a fresh number one contender and needs to keep moving. And And I'd love to see Zhang Weili fight Jessica Andrade again. I'd love to see Tatiana Suarez fight, uh, get her first title shot. So, um, yeah, I, I went that direction. Let's just go. So it sucks because, like, I get it. It's two top contenders, um, both of whom have paths to getting a title shot. But I don't think it knocks either of them out of contention. If, if Andrade beats Suarez, I don't think Suarez is out forever. If Suarez beats Andrade... Maybe bumps her a little bit further back just because Andrade has had chances before. But I still think Andrade would really only be like two highlight real finishes away from from getting a, a, a shot at uh, one Dean that she wants. So um, I'm fine with pulling the trigger on this one. Maybe it's too soon for Suarez. Maybe people thought, you know, she she didn't look that great against Montana De La Rosa and want to see her fight, uh, you know, another strawweight sort of maybe uh, in the 7 to 15 range first. I'm fine with just going her and Andrade right now. Let's do it. This is this is probably this was probably the toughest one for me because there is a part of me that wants I like I don't want to see her against like the bottom third of the top 15 but part of me wants to see like 5 to 10 and like let's give her a good fight with a name but maybe not the tippy tippy top for her return to 115 I do think she'll end up getting somebody near the top and Rose is kind of a wild card because she might move up to 125 
She might get a title shot at 115 against Zhang Wei Li. She's already got two wins against her. Jessica Andrade stands out to me as a great name, like you said. But she also did the UFC a solid last weekend and fought Aaron Blanchfield on like a week's notice. So they might sort of spare her for this next one and not just chuck her right in. To go from Aaron Blanchfield to 125, back to 115 to fight Tatiana Suarez, holy crap, dude. Like, that is... That's a tough back-to-back stretch right there. So Shaheen wanted to kind of slow roll her a little bit, maybe the 7 to 15 range. Some people want like the 1, 2, 3 range. I'm going right smack in the middle, AK. I'm I, Like I normally do, I like to just sit on the fence. So I'm going with Jan Jonan. Jan is number five right now. She's tough as hell. She's coming off a big win in a main event against Mackenzie Dern. Give her that fight. If she wins... Then you can give her an Andrade if you want, or somebody in the top three, depending on how things shake out by the time we get to that point. I think Jan's a good first test. It's a tough fight. A really tough fight to return to at 115, but it's not too crazy. Like, it's a good test. I think Tatiana would win, and I would pick her to win, but yeah, let's start there. See how she does. And look, if she trucks Jan Jonan, you could still give her a title fight. Like, that, that performance could be... So impressive that you just can't ignore and you have to give her a title shot. So I landed on like, I think she, uh, Jan's ranked number five in the UFC rankings. I'm not sure where we have her, but yeah, that's where I'm going. Yeah, no, I'm fine with it. Like you said, uh, 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 Jan Nan has had some, she's, she's an entertaining fighter and she would test like one of the biggest questions we still have about Tatiana Suarez is, can you, can she go all the way to the top with a stand-up game that is, I'll put it it's not up to par with the best names at 115 like I wouldn't I would not pick her to win a stand-up battle with Rose with Jessica Andrade obviously uh with uh Zhang Wei Li is her wrestling so overwhelming because listen she had she had trouble with Nina Ansaroff uh Nina Nunes excuse me um when when they fought, that was she won a unanimous decision. But people can go back, watch the fight. They can see that you know when 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 the fight wasn't going her way, uh, she wasn't able to impose her will. She had problems. Uh, same thing if she can't now. Listen, we know Jan Shonan. We saw her get uh, sort of uh, trucked by Carlos Barza. Suarez should theoretically be able to do the same. But if she can't, then again, that raises these very important questions of how close she really is to. Um, getting a tele shot, so I like I like that a lot. Um, like I, said, I went all in. I think she I think she is ready. I think she has a good chance of beating it, Jessica Andrade. But I think for a lot of people out there who want to see a little bit more, again, long layoff and long layoff due to a knee injury. I mean that's serious business. Uh, we might need just a little bit more rehabilitation as far as her her fighting goes. But um, so uh, yeah, we're kind of on the same page. I just I'm just a little bit uh, I got a little bit uh, jumpier. Fair enough. Uh, AK Canada's Mike Balot. He's mm. pretty damn good at this fist fighting thing, isn't he? He's good. Good <laughs> like performance. Him. First round sub. Good walkout music. Nasty arm triangle. AK, I want to give him a little bit of a step up. A guy with some experience. Fun fighter who's just down to go. Mike Malat versus Nico Price, AK. Let's yeah. go. I like the matchup. I saw a lot of that. I went with Warley Alves. Uh, I have him like maybe like ten or so spots ahead of if uh, Mike Malott after that win. I'm, I'm selfishly again my, just trying to move my fellow Canadian up the rankings. Uh, Warley has not been in the best form in uh, recent fights, but he is a bigger name certainly than Mike Malott. He's experienced, got a lot more UFC experience, uh, and Mike is like 
I hate to keep harping on people's ages here. Mike is not like super young. He's, I said, like I said, he's 31. So he's just a bit younger than um, Augustus Sakai. And also he's kind of been on and off with his career. He, he actually has been around. He started the same year as Augustus Sakai, 2011, uh, and just sort of has been an on and off with taking fights, which is why he only has uh, uh, 11 fights in 10 years, uh, over 10 years, excuse me. So uh, he doesn't have that much MMA mileage on him, but I would also say he's not a young guy. So yeah, I think matchups with experienced UFC guys like Worley Alves, Nico Price make a lot of sense. Uh, and both guys, yeah, I, I think would put him in that top 35, top 30 range. And I'm cool with that because I do want to see if Canada really has itself a welterweight contender here. Um, if, if not, it's fine. I like Mike a lot and I hope he has a long UFC career. But it would be really cool if we could see him like in the top 25 by the end of the year maybe i don't know it's possible it's it's, it's tough division it's tough division it is possible he's good he's he's a really good fighter all right let's let's move to the wild card round that's it for the main card we'll pick one fighter we have not match made for yet and we will match make for them right now so ak where are we going here i'm gonna go i could have gone with any number of lightweights i did settle on one uh, a man who is very much a wild card, I would say, as far as personality and his even his fighting style. He surprises a bit on Saturday with his striking. I had to go with uh, with Jordan Levitt. Uh, Ooh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, entertaining fighter. Got the first what, what what he classified as the first knockout of his career. First knockout via strikes. You know, first knockout via strikes. He did he didn't count the uh, he wasn't counting the Wyman slam, uh, and he was so jazzed about it. Uh, and I can imagine this. Uh, well, how many fights he in your career now? His 13th fight gets his first knockout. Beautiful, beautiful Muay Thai. Really vicious uh, killer instinct. Good job by Levitt. Hits the splits. Hits the dirty dancing. Uh, I, I wanna, I didn't want to just throw a random name out there. I, I, I wanted to see if I could really figure out what's next for him. Because there's so many directions he can go in. He's still... It's Again, we talked about welterweight being deep division. Lightweight is even deeper. Probably the deepest division in all of MMA. And, like, this win doesn't make him... His wins in the UFC, unfortunately, have not been against, like, really, like, super strong competition. Um, but, unlike Mike Mallott, we have time with Jordan Levitt. He's he's 27. He's not he's he's not even at his physical prime yet. He's not even at the peak of where we think his skills are going to be. Like I said, this is his first knockout. Maybe he has more to come. Maybe his grappling gets even better. So, I landed on someone who's just a few spots ahead of him in my rankings, Fares Ziam. Um, oh okay. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going for Zium. I want him to sort of just. I have him ahead of of Jordan Levitt. I think it's a good style matchup, fun matchup between two guys who are again, both both kind of uh, up and coming still. Levitt is. We don't need to throw him in there with the top thirty guy yet. Okay, he's six fights in the UFC. He could be ten fights in the UFC, and I would still I would still wait. We'll see how his development comes along. But I like Jordan Levitt. Let's keep him busy. Let's give him names in his range. And then we can talk about maybe facing more veteran guys or getting more uh, highly publicized fights like the like the Patty Pimble matchup. So, um, yeah, that's where I landed with him. Yeah, I, I honestly like the world would probably be a better place if there were more Jordan Levitts in it. This guy just such a positive presence has uh, this tough moment with Patty Pimblet. kind of gets embarrassed, gets run over, gets stopped, you know, almost gets teabagged in front of like hundreds of thousands of people watching it live and a lot of people would falter in that position but Jordan Levitt's like nope I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna do something I never did before and get a knockout and I didn't see that coming at all uh so good for him dude is just so positive all the time dude's really good for the sport 
Another guy who could be really good for the sport is where I'm going, and I'm sticking with 155. I'm going with the man of the hour, the man with the power, Trevor Peak. Trevor Peak, and I'm going to be very specific about this, AK. I'm going to be very, very specific. UFC 288, I think it's May 8th, 2023. The opening prelim on ESPN, Trevor Peak versus Matt Frivola. Let's go. Those two are just going to beat the breaks off each other in just the craziest three minutes and 11 seconds we have ever seen inside that octagon someone's going to sleep the other person's going to get some shine because he landed about 58 significant strikes to the face before he was knocked out i just want to throw those two guys in there now and let's just go there's i mean they are they're just going to be excited they're going to be very exciting guys in this division and maybe the winner of this could uh could win the patty sweepstakes. Trevor Peak versus Mavrovola for the Patty Pimblet is Patty Pimblet title. And let's just go. First ESPN fight of UFC 288, Trevor Peak, Matt Frivola. I just I gotta see it. That's the one I landed on. I love that fight. Might be I a little l- might be a little much for Trevor Peak, maybe. You know, maybe. just a second UFC fight getting Matt Frivola, but I just want to see it. I just want to see what it looks like. It's just going to be absolute chaos. I would love to see Patty Pimblett and Peak. I'm not, I'm not counting out. I'm not. I'm not counting out your hypothetical uh, Frivola in this hypothetical matchup. But if Peak beat Frivola and got that Pimblett fight, uh, there's there's a second. When's the second London card? They don't think they've announced a second London card. They haven't yet. yet. What's going? What am not I a thinking? Date. We have the pay per view coming up. Two eighty six. They are planning to do. They are planning They'll to probably do, another... do a second okay, show. We just but don't know yet. Okay. Today yet. We don't know yet. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, Patty Pimble has to be on that. And I was just the idea of Alabama boy, Alabama, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee. I think. Oh, uh, um, Peak. Is he a Tennessee Peak guy? Is, is he yeah, like, he is uh, Alabama. I'm sorry. I'm Alabama. sorry. You're, right. you're absolutely right. The, the idea of Alabama boy Trevor Peak going to the UK to fight Patty Pimblett. Oh my goodness, the chaos that would ensue! Uh, I would love. It. I think Peak Pimblett would be great. Uh, and, and and again, you know me. I'm always saying matchup. Pat, I always do listen. I joke about Patty Ferguson, whatever. He I keep saying he doesn't need big names, especially if he's fighting in London. He's the attraction. He's the attraction. You want to throw him in there with guys like Trevor Peak, guys that are just gonna have fun fights with them, guys that you know he he can he that he can again has a good chance of beating, um, and that could be Frivola too. I don't know. I think Frivola I'd, I'd like his chances better than Peak, but uh, Peak would be the perfect guy to fight Patty Pimblett in uh, in London. So yeah, I'm all, all I'm all in on that if that if that plays out. Let's go, man. Like Trevor Peak could be a guy who fights like six times this year. I could definitely see that coming because none of his fights are going to get to the second round. They're just not going to win or lose. He's he's get or get God, and usually he gets. So excited to see what he does. His reaction to meeting Bruce Buffer after winning that fight last night was absolutely the best. Did you see this clip? <laughs> I saw that it was I, incredible. I, I was watching with my sound off, so I saw him bowing down. But that was in praise of the Lord, right? Not in praise of. No, Bruce comes over like right before they're going to read <laughs> oh, the decision and yeah. like he's starstruck and like he pumps fists, he tries to hug him and then like he doesn't know whether he should. And then Bruce goes away like he's getting ready to announce and Trevor Peak just this big smile on his face looks at his coach and goes, oh my God, it's Bruce Buffer. It was like the best, <laughs> it's the best. I, I'm such a fan. He's wonderful. I, I tweeted out, Trevor Peak is wonderful. He is wonderful. We need more Trevor Peaks and, and Jordan Levitts in this sport and this place will just be a much better spot. So... Yeah, 
can't go wrong with with either of our picks there. Do we he have any? Out, he knocked out Camel Worthy. Oh, he knocked out Camel. He sure did, AK. He sure did. Recently, it's August. What twenty twenty two? Yeah, he, he had back to back. Not he knocked out Camel Worthy, and then wow. a month later, he got a knockout on the Contender Series and got a contract. Eight what fights. a two month stretch oh, for that guy. Yeah, eight the last eight fights, eight wins, eight knockouts. That's not bad. That's not a bad thing to have on your resume. I tell you, Dana. I tell you, Dana White in the UFC like that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't play. Do we have any? Did anyone send any? Check the tapes. Any? any uh, no one sent people? any. No one sent any in. I, I swear, I'm telling you. Within a, give me a couple of months to get back to my proper record keeping, and uh, I'm I, I'm sure people called for some of these more popular matchups that that came up. But uh, listen, I, I have we have a lot of uh, no points stored, plenty to give out in the future. Uh, otherwise, Mike, we can get to the uh, we can jump to the listener picks, which there was not that many this week, unsurprisingly. <laughs> Yeah, look, there's inflation, so they're tougher to come Uh by. I I get it. It's it's a different Uh world. It's 2023. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, do you want to do a disclaimer, or are we are we beyond disclaimer? When are we no, be I, I do. Disclaimer? I still want to remind people very quickly because because it keeps coming up. I saw some doo doo this week, guys. <laughs> Especially with fights already being booked. Can you guys please pay attention if fights booked again? Check mmfighting.com. Check Sherdog. Check Tapology. Tapology has a Tapology puts a lot of rumored bouts on there, which uh, which you know we don't always show up on other sites, but are worth mentioning and certainly take into consideration when you're doing your fantasy matchmaking. Uh, Weight class, guys. Yeah, listen, just pay attention because uh, we saw, we see that happen sometimes too. Suarez this week was little, was fine. Obviously, we accept flyweight or strawweight suggestions um, because listen, she said she's going back to strawweight. I'm 98% sure her next fight is a strawweight, but she just fought a flyweight, and you don't know. Maybe a fl- another flyweight opportunity comes up, she jumps on it. So I have no problem with people suggesting flyweight matchups for Suarez, even though I, I don't think any of them will, will come to fruition. Uh, notable injuries, releases. People who are our teammates, well-known teammates, and I think I have to add this now: my pregnancies. I saw at least one person suggest Suarez and Tisha Torres, and I know Torres and Raquel Pennington said they're expecting. I believe in June. That's not super far away, but it's far away enough that let let's wait until maybe a couple of months from the child's arrival before we start matching up Tisha Torres again. And listen, she's an insane athlete. It wouldn't surprise me if she gave birth and then said, Hey, I'm getting back in the cage in friggin' August. Like she's in ridiculous <laughs> shape. And if anyone could do it, she probably could. Uh, but let's, again, let's, let's hold off on this Tisha Torres matchmaking for now, please. And of course, most importantly in the disclaimer, if your pick is doo doo, like it's just bad. You know, I keep saying we don't want to read it more likely. We will read it and shame you. Yeah. So this is, this is more of a warning. Yeah, it, you. We're both a little tired, but if you drop doo doo next week, we're just gonna annihilate you. Oh, on the live um, show, we're gonna, oh, because we're gonna be grumpy as hell. You're so, getting it. 
You're get you're gonna get God. So let's get into this. Robbie Ryan. Good day, lads. Just a couple of picks this week. Allen versus Hermanson. Suarez. This is kind of doo doo, but it's okay. This one kind of flew under the radar, so I'll let it slide. Suarez versus John Jaroba at one fifteen, but Vern is booked against Marina Rodriguez. UFC 288 in May. Or if she stays at 125, the winner of the Jennifer Maya Casey O'Neill fight at UFC 286. Fine. Uh, I don't know if Casey O'Neill and Suarez would fight. They both train at Extreme Couture, but I don't think I don't know if Tatiana is like a full on Extreme Couture athlete. I'm not really sure. Uh, following the Sakai Mays fight, and upon reflection, oh, a question, AK. Uh, following the <laughs> okay. Sakai Mays fight, and upon reflection of recent heavyweight and light heavyweight fights, how does the UFC improve the level of depth in these bigger weight classes? Is it simply money? Or would a recruitment path from college slash Olympic sports be a better way to go? I don't know. Do we do more of these uh these deals like Bellamere signed? Yeah, and NILs. Get college athletes kind of locked up and get That's, them trained and ready to go. Who was who was this asked this question? Uh, this was Robbie Ryan. Robbie Ryan, of course. Uh, that's a great suggestion, yeah. Because I was going to say, there's not a lot the UFC specifically can do. Because it's not like a UFC problem. Um, uh, this is every... Uh, listen, the, so the problem with heavyweight, and also to a similar degree, women's featherweight, is there comes a point where you, you are an athlete of a certain size, and you have a certain amount of skill, and there's a threshold. And once you pass that threshold... You're not going to fight an MMA. You you are someone who will go into the NFL, someone to uh, basketball, another sport that pays a lot more money. If you're like if you're like six foot two or taller and you're an athletic person, you're why would you fight an MMA? You're you're not going to MMA. Um, this is why we see a lot of former NFL players or football or professional football players, you know, maybe they didn't make the NFL, who are became who become MMA heavyweights because listen, they they couldn't quite cut it at at uh, in that sport. Uh, but their athleticism and physical gifts make them give them an advantage just getting into MMA. Um, so that that's the thing. It's it might be a problem we can never solve. Money solves everything. We harp on about fighter fighter pay all the time. Listen, you make you make uh, MMA a more intriguing proposition, and you're going to get more high level athletes of of at heavyweight and light heavyweight jumping in there. That that's just how it is. So that's why the the spawn the uh, NAL thing is such a great suggestion. Uh, thanks, Robbie, because. Um, yeah, if you can start enticing them early and showing the these athletes that there's a path to make money in the future, or, uh, now and in the future, then you can start literally developing and I was going to say and breeding uh, the next generation of heavyweights. So it's it, it can be done, but it's it's a long term solve. They're they're like I said, they're just not out there. Again, people say the same thing. Why why does it take? Why are there no no more women's feather? Why are there not more women's featherweights? They're not out there. If you're an athletic woman above 135, above 145 pounds, there's other sports you're probably you probably learned to play when you were younger, and you're probably able to make more money in. So, uh, yeah, it always comes down to money, but in this case, development options as well. So, uh, yeah, I like I like the idea of uh, scholarships. Otherwise, there's just no magic way to just boost. I mean, heavyweight. It's again, it's not a UFC problem. Same with Bellator, KSW, one championship. Uh, there's just it's just not a lot of depth there. Yeah. Chris London, not sure this card deserves an odd note, but here we go. Krylov Span rebook. We talked about this. We haven't confirmed it yet, but it looks like March 11th they might do this again. Uh, Muniz versus the Duplessis Brunson loser. Sakai versus Mo Usman. Suarez versus Andrade. Malat versus Phil Rowe. Peak versus Otman Azaitar. Jazz Davizius versus Montana De La Rosa. 
Levitt versus Benoit Saint-Denis. Selecki versus Guram Kutataladze. Wow. That's, that'd be a friggin' grinder of a fight. Mike, what is your... I, I, I don't imagine it would much because he did face sort of a short-notice journeyman-type guy. Respect to Carl Deaton, but that that's why sort of why he was brought in. Um, you, I, I know you were talking about Joe a bit on Heck of a Morning, and you said, listen, you you like Joe... Uh, Joe's obviously he's got a good UFC record now. I think he's what four and one, five and one. Five and but you one. Said, five and yeah, one. five and one. But you said you saw a pretty clear ceiling for him. Like you don't necessarily see him as like a top ten guy, title contender. Did did, uh, did anything change after last night? I mean, he just kind of took care of business. But what do you, what do you think for Joe? Is is there a way, depending what his next matchup is, to sort of get to that top ten anytime soon? Joe's just solid, man. Like he's just solid. Yeah. He there is like there is no letdown with Joe Selecki. Like if you're a coach of a guy and he has to step in on short notice against a guy that he's a massive favorite over, it's not like Joe's gonna overlook it. He's gonna show up and he's going to jump on your back and he's going to put you to he's gonna put you away. He's going to like if you're a gambler and you see Joe Selecki fighting a newcomer and he's like a minus five fifty, like you do not have to worry about your money. He's going to fight for your money, and he's probably going to net you some sort of a profit because there is no letdown this guy. If he's fighting Carl Deaton III or he's fighting Islam Makachev, he's going to approach both fights with the same amount of seriousness. He's just very solid. Uh, I'm trying to find like the right guy to actually compare him to, but it's kind of tough to pinpoint a certain person. But he's just very, very solid. Like I would say... It's different because this guy like just throws bombs and hammers and finds ways to win. He's very he's Drew Doberish, like he's Doberish, but more with the grappling. Oh. He's the grappling. He's the Bizarro Drew Dober, like the same <laughs> niceness. You just want to like be friends with him, uh, but just very dangerous in the cage, but in different ways. Uh, like Drew Dober, I like a lot, and he's on a nice run. But I don't like Drew Dober's not going to be like a top seven lightweight. He's going to run into guys that he's going to have problems with. But you can make a very solid career being like a lower third, top 15 guy, lightweightiest, lightweight kind of guy. Ooh. Like that's that's kind of worse. Like, like 12 to 25 range. Like I think that's kind of where Selecki's going to be hanging out pretty much his entire career, which is a great place to be in this division, which is so incredible. He's very solid hand at light. He's a tough out for almost everybody he fights him and Guram is actually really interesting it's a really interesting fight so like his striking is getting getting better too if that striking can can get anywhere near his grappling this guy's gonna be tough to beat he's just not he's just so nice he's just such a nice guy and i don't know i i, I would love to see joe Selecki like fight for a title someday but he's just a very solid hand he'll be a 12 to 25 guy pretty much his entire ufc run that's a pretty damn good place to be Am I am I overshooting to say he could someday take on the New Jersey mantle, warrior mantle from Jim Miller? Ooh. He beat him. He beat Jim Miller. Could he did did he did he could he have taken some of Jim Miller's powers from that result is a while ago now. But he did beat Jim Miller. He, I'm, 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 paint, I'm painting very broad strokes here. He's a grappling specialist. He's from New Jersey. He's a nice guy, as you said. He kind of just goes in there, takes care of business. Uh, may never fight for a UFC title. Uh, who know, may never be super highly ranked. I think the highest Jim Miller ever was ranked was 
maybe I don't even know if he was in the top 10 when the UFC introduced their rankings. I know Sure Dog, I think, had him in their top 10 at some point. Um, I don't remember if the, by the time the UFC rankings rolled around if Jim Miller was ever ever qualified for a ranking. Um, so people can correct me on that if you see that. But it's it's a long ways away. Again, we're, we're what's this? Is a six UFC fights for Joe Selecki. Jim Miller just fought what the forty first time. I think his forty first UFC fight. So yeah. I don't know. Joe Selecki might retire like in two years, and Jim Miller might still be fighting. So uh, too early to say. But there you go. We have a lot. There's a lot of positive projections. For Joe Selecki. Joe's got a very bright future. Mm-hmm. Like, not just in like not just as a fighter, but he is a very bright future as a broadcaster, mm. uh, as a fight promoter. I mean, this guy, this guy's gonna be very successful in MMA, uh, in and out of the cage. So, yeah, if he fights Guram Kutatsalatse and beats him, I mean, that might sway me in a different direction. Ooh. Where because Guram, I mean, dude, you beat Guram, like you are. You're legit, legit. And I'm not saying Joe's not legit, but like I'm thinking I, my ceiling goes a little higher if, if he goes out there and beats Guram. That's a tough fight for anybody. So, yeah, dude's great. Big fan of his. We'll see what he, what happens next. Uh, I like Ode Osborne as well. And Mr. Chris London suggests Ode fight Sue Maderji. Turd Ferguson, Brandon Allen, Jack Hermanson, Augusta Sakai versus the loser of Romanov versus Volkov. Tat- wow, this I'm, I'm going to end with that one. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. This might be like too, too low. Mike Malott versus the winner of Ian Gary, Kenan Song, Trevor Peak, Trey Ogden, Jordan Levitt, Otman Azaitar, Selecki versus Michael Johnson, uh, Narulo Aliyev versus Benoit Santini, Tatiana Suarez, AK, versus Emily Decody at 115, <laughs> give her two to three fights at strawweight before a title right. fight. This... I understand playing it safe, and I do not mean this as a knock to Emily Ducote, but Tatiana Suarez would be a minus 2,000 favorite in that fight. That's too low, isn't it? I think Montana De La Rose is a tougher fight. It's too low, but you know what? If if uh, Mr. Turd is trying to go for a <laughs> a crystal ball pick as opposed to a magic wand pick... I don't think it's crazy to think that that's the path the UFC matchmakers would go down. Um, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, maybe because I thought they did a great job with the, uh, you know, uh, booking Montana De La Rosa for her comeback fight. Like, I thought that was a great tune-up. And I want to believe that they'll they'll give her another tune-up if they... Because, look, I, I, I know it's been a long time since Tatiana Suarez fought. Even when she... And listen, even when she was on her win streak and dominating people one thing, it's not like she'd become a household name. She was becoming a popular fighter for sure, but she wasn't a household name. Um, so... And now with time off, I mean, again, I, I don't know where her, what her, her cachet among the fan base is right now, but I would think the UFC does view her as someone that could be a good person to hold the UFC title. And if they didn't want to risk it with, again, a Jessica Andrade fight, with a Yan Shaonan fight, I could see them going the Emily Ducote route. I could see it. I see the logic in it. Turd Ferguson, I rarely say this. I see your logic in the Ducote Suarez matchup. So, Mike, I don't hate it. I wouldn't do it myself, but as far as crystal ball picks go, I don't think it's horrible. I don't think it's horrible. I'll say this. I thought this is one of the worst picks I've ever seen <laughs> last night when I first saw it. Uh-huh. But I've come around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hearing you talk about it. Here's the only 
I don't agree with you, by the way. Okay. Here's the, but here's the only way this is a realistic thing. It is only realistic if this happens, like, real quick in right. the next two months. If this doesn't happen by UFC 287, it ain't happening. Okay, yes. This is yes. just Tatiana's, like, banging on the door. I'm ready to go. I'm healthy. Like, no injuries. I want to get right back in there. And if they call Emily Cody and she says, yeah, I'm down... Like that happens. Like I could see that happening. Like the Miami car needs a an extra fight, or even the the May pay per view wherever that ends up needs an extra fight. It's not long enough notice for one of these top fighters to get ready. But Dakota says yes, sure, uh, just to get her out there because I talk about this all the time. Sometimes you just need to get fighters reps and you need to get them on television. Ah, oh, you know what? I'm I'm talking myself into it more. <laughs> I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens, but it's not as bad of a pick as I thought when I first saw it. Yeah, this is like uh, you. It could you, happen. It actually you, could happen. You. This was the point you were making with Sarukian a while ago, like when Sarukian lost the. What is it? He lost the. Um, no, with uh, with Shafka when he lost Jeff. Neal. Shafka, just get him Sarukian. on the card. Just yeah, get Shafka, him on the card yeah. and have him kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great point, and that's sort of what you want to do with sword. That's kind of what they're doing with Mikhaev in uh, London, right? He's he is on the London pay per view, right? He's fighting some newcomer, and it's like, yeah, you just want to get him in. You want to keep these guys out there, and yeah, for sure. Suarez is like, I'm ready to fight. Just just let me go to work. It could it could listen. It could be almost anybody, but I, I think uh, Dakota's uh, uh, makes sense as well. Yeah, and the other reason is something we talked about on the post show last night is that we all know who Tatiana Suarez is. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that are listening to this right now that had no idea who she was when she fought. She'd been out for so long. Like I said, like one of my friends texted me. He goes, he goes, what's the deal with Tatiana Suarez? Like I knew who Trevor Peak was more than her heading mm-hmm. into this fight. That's crazy to think about as somebody who's been in in the sport for so long. I love Trevor Peak. Could be a big star. Who knows? But. It was just hilarious to see that text. I'm like, wow, that really puts things puts things into perspective. Tatiana, I can't say, I can't. I, Tatiana Torres smashed like Alexa Grasso. Like it wasn't close. Disintegrated her. And Alexa Grasso was fighting for a UFC title this weekend in a different division. Yeah, she she smashed Carlos Barza. It was not a close fight. I don't know if you're going to look at that fight and go like, oh, it went to the third round. She she dominated another wrestler. Like a wrestling a great Carlos was a great wrestler. Tatiana Suarez dominated her, and Carlos Barza later went on to win the strawweight title a second time. So this is like, her credentials are so good already. Uh, we just need to get her back in that position, because she was yeah. right there. Right there was going to get a title shot. Uh, and then a uh, horrible knee injury, and a very, and other things, other injuries to deal with. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's hope we see her soon. <laughs> Did you see her scrum when she was asked about the Esparza rematch, and she was like, nah, I'm not interested, because I'd catch, I'd catch another case? <laughs> <laughs> that was such a Jeez. Gangster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was such a gangster line. Good for her. Uh Marcus, let's see if we have anything new here. Ah, wow. Speaking of Suarez Esparza two. Malat versus Wait, did he Fuck. say two? Yeah, there's a two in there. There's a two there's in a two. there. Okay, okay, Marcus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to question you. I'm sorry to question you. Yeah, it's on the right, just in its own column. Uh, I see. The two has wow, its own column. Saw, yeah, because he says to both of us. <laughs> I just saw. Look at that. That You know what? I should give him a point just for making, just for giving the two its own special its own special spot. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, I give I'm not going points, to, but I points should. willy-nilly but, uh, <laughs> as well. Mike Vallott, uh Renat Fakrutinov, Trevor Peak, Rafael Alves, Joe Selecki versus Narulo Aliyev. I would not do that fight. No, I don't. Like I like that. Aliyev. He's got a future, but 
don't throw him in there with Joe. Don't do it. Come on, Marcus. We're just taking names. Back. We're just taking names from this car and throwing them against each other. Come on, come on, Marcus. We yeah. I mean, you gave the old, 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 you gave the column for the number two, which we appreciate. But now we're just being lazy here. Uh, Joe, John Ray, Joe Selecki, Nazrat Hakparast, Osborne Nascimento, Levitt McDessey, Jazdavizius Gato, Balot versus the Harris Nermaga Madoff winner. Suarez, another here's another suggestion: Suarez versus Pollyanna Viana. Then a top five is person. Let's just see how she looks at 115 first. All right. Sakai versus Dacus, Muniz versus Ivanov, which I actually like that fight. That's a great fight. I think I think that's the best fight for Andre Muniz. For both guys. I like that For idea. both guys, really. For both guys. Both guys yeah, yeah I like that fight a lot. Both guys we might have overranked. Yep. I, I, I don't great think fight. we're Yeah, we both, we, we projected a little bit with both guys, and both guys faced their, t- when they had to face their toughest test, again, respect to Jacare, um, and Uriah Hall, but when they had to sort of face, put, put the, the spotlight really shone on them. Didn't uh, it? Didn't it, it? Didn't go well because Imavov was favored against Strickland, I believe, and Muniz was definitely favored against Brendan Allen. So when they were, yeah, when they were finally put up as like, oh, this is going to be a showcase fight for them. Listen, they stumbled. It's okay. Great, good, good fighters lose fights. It happens. Uh, a couple more: Jared Biagin, Tatiana Suarez versus the Marina Rodriguez John Jaroba winner, Mike Balot versus Munir Lazez, Jordan Levitt for as I am. Look at that, AK. Gerard's on the same page as you. Best friends. Uh, Narula Alia versus Chris Gritzmacher. I actually kind of like that one. That makes sense. Joe Selecki, Joe Selecki, AK versus Ishmael Bonfim. Okay, I I I actually did look at that. Uh... I don't know what to do with the Bonfim brothers. I don't think we matched up for them. They both were uh, under uh, fought in the prelims, right? So we didn't match up. Yeah, I don't think we matched. I don't know what to do with those guys. I I I don't know how I feel about that pick. I don't know how to do what to do with the Bonfims. They both looked amazing in their UC debuts. I, I don't know if I'm too, I've got too high off of those. Both of them getting finished highlight reel finishes. Um, so I don't know. I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I just feel like that's more of an opportunity for Bonfim that I don't know how much Selecki has to gain from that. So I, I don't hate it, but that, that for me is more for Ishmael Bonfim than, than Joe Selecki. I think what you do with them is you just put them both on the same card and opponent doesn't really matter. Just let them go in there and flying knee people. and Yes, this is that too. Get them over like that. <laughs> uh, last one, Casey Ryan. The return of Casey Ryan. Wow, I haven't... He's, it's been a minute, and there you go. What's up, Welcome Mike? Back. First time doing picks in a minute. That car is a D-plus for me, with the biggest highlight being Mike Malott walking out to some 41. So I'm only doing a few matchups here. Malott versus Andre Fialio would be a fun one, and I'd be shocked if that one made it to the judges. Good win for Tatiana, but I hope she is really going back down to straw weight because although she got the dub, she did struggle a bit with getting Montana down. A part of that is her takedown defense, but I think a bigger part of it is her size. I don't think anyone at 115 can stop her takedowns. I think they should just chuck Tatiana right into the top 5 to 10. Like, why waste any time? She's already lost almost five years. My choice is Amanda Lemos. If she beats that killer, then she should get a title shot after. The easier route would be an Asparza rematch, but I want to see Tatiana deal with the dangerous striker. Lemos is a good pick. Um, I like the Lemos idea. Again, I don't know. This could go a number of different ways, but I do like the Amanda Lemos idea if Rose gets the title shot. But I, this division is a mess right now. We have a champion. We have no idea what direction she's going to go. There is no clear-cut number one contender. 
there's like three names that could get the title shot right now. So it's it's a mess. But yeah, Lemish is a good one. Suarez is going to be one of the most sort of talked about fighters this year in 2023 as far as what's next what's next what's next uh, you know if, if she, like we said if she gets another win in the next couple of months like gets a quick turnaround and wins again man it's just gonna be we're gonna be a lot of questions ought no heck of a morning between the links uh people are gonna want to see her on the ma hour like i i think she's we're, and, and, I'm, and i'm glad for her. hopefully uh, her health everything's good with her health uh because yeah we're gonna be talking about her a lot and man again if things go right even if she doesn't get a title shot this year if she's even able to sort of get in line for it and get two or three fights i don't know we could be talking about uh a fighter of top five fight of the year list again maybe i'm looking too far ahead i know but maybe a fighter of the year uh ranking and also uh if we did come back fighter of the year i mean she'll be a shoe in if she wins a couple more fights uh you're up my best friend oh my goodness okay hold on am i prepared okay yes Let's go. Uh, let's go with the first timer, Martin Grisham. Thank you, Martin Grisham, for chiming in. I give, hit him with the uh, welcome to the party pal gif. Uh, Martin Grisham. I'll read all these. Mike Malat Fialio. Again, I like that suggestion before. That's good. Suarez versus Mackenzie Dern. As soon as she goes back to strawweight. Now, Martin, it is your first time. Uh, Mackenzie Dern is already booked to fight. She's going to fight Angela Hill on May thirteenth. So I'm going to assume, because your first time, you mean win, lose, or draw against Angela Hill. Yes. Like to see. That's what we use. Uh, and Brendan Allen versus Jack Hermanson. That was one of the more... Okay, I picked that. that uh, that's one of the more popular picks. Um, actually, let me read over Mike, some of the more popular listener picks. I don't know if you... Can, Sakai versus Chris Dawkins. I, had a few I saw that. Yeah, this I read, yeah. So, yeah, I saw that one. Uh, Selecki versus Claudio Poyas. Sure. That moves him up. Because I got Poyas, I, listen, I know Poyas dropped a stink bomb in his last fight, but I have him in like the top 30, I, and I don't quite have Selecki there yet. So, Oh, actually, maybe just outside. I would yeah. favor Selecki. I would favor Selecki. In that I would too. favor Selecki, but again, I man, that that uh, that um, Poyas Hooker fight was so bad. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to what to think of him. Anymore. I still think he's really good. I just think he had a terrible night. It was a really bad matchup for him. And um, I, I think we'll still see better from Claudio in the future. Uh, what else? Okay, back to... I'm sorry, back to... I'm oh, sorry, that was Martin, our first-timer. Thank you, Martin, for chiming in. Uh, Matt Bradbury coming in with... What's, what do we got here? Uh, Levitt versus Jim Miller? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's so funny you say that. You're into that? Tino Alvarez just just hit, hit me okay. up uh, with some picks, and I'll read them after because it's some interesting ones here. But Jordan Levitt, Jim Miller was was one of those picks. Uh, Matt Bradbury's friends forever with you. Suarez versus Jan Shonan. How about that? How about that? Uh, a couple of emails. Jay Donaghy, like Selecki versus Vivola. So, oh, okay, here's one. Sakai versus Derek Lewis. And I believe... Uh, enough, Tino Alvarez. I mean, th- t- are these t- the this same person? Person? Tino Alvarez, friends forever. Augusta Jay, Sakai, Derek are you, Lewis. Are you Tino Alvarez on Instagram? Just tell us now. Uh, and he, he added the caveat, if Lewis can't beat him, it like is like Derek Lewis is done. I think that's like this is a terrible sign if you can't knock. Yeah, him. I. That's why. That's why I was okay with Wall Harris getting this fight. Yeah, yeah. And I would rather see Walt get it than Derek. I mean, Derek Lewis has to, like that's a classic Derek Lewis matchup, right? Get he, you could see him getting held against the fence for two rounds and then just blasting Sakai, right? I don't know. That's why I hope we are with that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, listen, Jay, you maybe have we ever given a point like uh, like. 
it, under these circumstances, because he says reschedule Krylov span for March 11th, co-main, UFC Vegas 71. Again, we just only, the rumor is out there. We, we have not confirmed it. Uh, we've only seen the rumor. I almost want to give Jay a point. Uh, I don't know. I, he's, I'm sure he's not the only one who suggested this, but uh, only one in my... What in time my, was uh, this sent? Months. What time was that? Okay. Oh, that's a good question. All right. Uh, who did I say this was? Jay Donaghy. This was... I'm sure this was last night. This was 9.37, Saturday evening. Uh, so... Yeah, that would, that would fit, because the report I came mean, out five... It's, the report came out at 4.42 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jay, let us get confirmation on this, or let's wait for a formal announcement. Uh, I will give you a point. I, I will I will give him a point, even if other people chime in with it and say, oh, I said that too. I knew that was going to happen. I'm going to give Jay a point. So this this point is in is in holding. It's like you can see it. It's in a glass. It's in a, it's in a glass. It's in a time release case that we will send you, Jay. Uh, <laughs> you, you will send you the five-digit code. Sorry, not time release. Password case. We'll send you the five-digit code when this happens because I, I do think it makes sense I, it wouldn't surprise me if this rumor uh is confirmed or just they just announce it this week because i'm sure uh like i said it sounds like krillov they said it was some sort of food poisoning not some sort of uh long-term debilitating thing so yeah show you back on the feet in a couple of weeks and we can make that happen so uh jay look forward to that uh, our pal tristan gordet yasa davishes versus hannah goldie i like it um at trevor peak versus slava claus uh borchev what's his name I'm sorry, Slava Claus. Uh, Vyacheslav Borshev. Vyacheslav Borshev. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Tristan, for that. Sending those picks. And we'll hop over to Twitter. Just a few here again. Not quite as many as we would normally get. Uh, this card was, you know, listen, this card was, was for what it was, it it wasn't bad. It, I thought there was a lot of entertaining fights. Uh, sure, not a lot of star power, but um, I actually thought the turn, card turned. Who 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 gave it a D plus? Uh, whoever the last uh, Casey Ryan gave it. Casey, that's harsh. Welcome back, Casey. That's harsh. D plus. I oh, know that. It's a C. It's C. C. I go C plus. I go as high as C plus B minus. That's pretty solid. Considering they lost the main event, Barry O'Reilly. Here's an interesting one: Odie Osborne versus Tetsuro Tyra at one twenty-five. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. Oh yeah, what is it? Twenty five or now, isn't he? Oh yeah, because that fight was at one thirty. That was so yeah, it was, it was a, a catch weight because uh, Charles Johnson took it. To, um, uh, yeah, not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, okay, I kind of yeah, like it's that. Not bad. Tatiana Suarez versus Marina Rodriguez, Jean Jaroba winner UFC two eighty eight May sixth. Okay, we have some people with some name show name suggestions. Thomas Collins wanted to call this the turning the Allen key edition of onto the next one. Love it. That's Do you? great. Love as in it. like as in like activating like we're like we're, tur- we're turning like we're putting the allen key in the slot and or we're screwing no in i his... think he means i think he means like an allen wrench which is also a yeah. otherwise known as a allen what key. are we turning the allen screw we're we're, we're turning we're s- screwing him into the top 10 into a ranking <laughs> Sure, we're also we're, we're fastening his place in the rankings. Uh, okay, with an Allen wrench okay. or an Allen key. All right, Thomas, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> also, I feel like we're shortchanging. Ar- I feel like we're shortchanging cha- Arnold Allen here. Like wh- Thomas Collins, what are you going to do if Arnold Allen beats Max Holloway? That's turning the Allen key. Uh, I mean, look, you could do so many things with Arnold. <laughs> All right, fine, fine. So many things. Okay, I'll allow it. Uh, 
Tatiana Suarez versus Caitlin Chukagian, obviously 125 matchup. Um, really, she, I, I, she would, she would destroy Caitlin Chukagian. I should, I keep saying, I, I keep saying that but, uh, about a bunch of people of uh, potential Suarez opponents, but I do, I am really high on Suarez becoming a champion. I have zero interest in that fight. I don't like, want to I, see like, it. If there's a number, if there's an actual less than zero, that's where I would be with this fight. I mean, that gets her a title fight against. Against Does it though? Not, I don't Does know. It? At this point, maybe not anymore. Maybe ask Man and Fioro if that guarantees you a title fight. Listen, if she had again. called for it and campaigned for it, I think there's a chance she could have gotten it instead of instead of Grasso. But you're right. You're right. It's not a guarantee anymore. There might have been a time when you could beat Chikagi and get yourself a title shot. It's not not the case. Four Corner Sports NY regular uh, heck of a morning caller. Oh, okay. Here's what I wanted to ask you. Uh Let's say this rumor again. I think the rumor is true. They just rebooked uh, what was supposed to be Saturday's main event. If that didn't happen, would you be, uh, or at least for March 11th, would you be okay with moving on? Because Four Corner Sports NY proposes throw Krilov in there with Rakic instead, and throw Span, Span in there with Uzdemir. Or do you think it's like best that we just book them? Like, would you much rather rebook them than see either of those matchups? Let's just rebook it. Yeah, let's just rebook it. I like the suggestion. I mean, technically, though. it doesn't really matter, but. Um... I just feel like after just preparing for one another and it's just an illness, not an injury and something that they could get back, especially if this happens March 11th, that's two weeks. Yeah. Let's just do that rather than have them go each through a full fight camp to fight somebody else. Yeah. I, I do like the idea of, uh, I do like the four corners sports and why they're just being creative with it. Just trying to see if we can go, go in a different direction rather than just rebooking. But the rebooking makes a lot of sense here. Uh, Marcus McGahee calling this the all in edition. So keeping it simple again, shout out to Brendan Allen, the all in edition of, uh, onto the next one. And he has an interesting suggestion for Mr. Brendan Allen. If we want to give him a big name, Mike, what about a returning Chris Weidman? Hmm. No. That's it. Just no. Nope. Nope. Just okay. no. Marcus, shot down. Uh, Augustus Guy versus recent contender series winner Austin Lane. Uh, Mike Malott versus Michael Morales. Eminem versus Eminem. I'm very high on Michael Morales, but I think that's a that's a fair test for uh, for for him. I, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say he should. He shouldn't. That would open with Morales as a maybe like minus one seventy five favorite. Minus I, I I don't know. It might move further in his direction. I'm very high in him. He actually I think got a rookie of the year vote from me, but uh, I do need to see more. And I, I think I think Mike Malau is, is a fair test for him. He hasn't fought in a while. He had. July. He was supposed to fight uh, Fakertinov, I think. And yeah, I think that fell through. Yeah, and I think that fell through. Uh, Hayes the third. I want to read his his comments on Brendan Allen versus uh, Mr. Brunson. We said Brunson. Brunson is fighting DDP, right? Uh, on Saturday. Okay, I think he mentions this. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he says I I thought okay. So for this fight, I thought Muniz was a future champion. That Allen was an overrated prospect that couldn't understand. And I couldn't understand the UFC's obsession with pushing Brendan Allen up the ranks. I feel dumb now. I feel like the reasonable next step here for Allen is Derek Brunson, win, lose, or draw against CDP. Uh, also, who now, and we kind of touched upon this at the top of the show, Mike, but who now is the UFC's most middleweighty middleweight with Jock Kogan and his most recent loss looking like uh, a kind of legit contender? Why And, and why is it Gerald Mearshart? Not an insult, not an insult to Gerald, but is Gerald, because of, it, sh- should, should the belt just be passed on to him? I don't think so. Okay. I think GM three is is bigger than that. Oh, the, Jocko, like here's like 
one, he's just great. Two, Jocko just. I felt I feel like middleweighty middleweights. Like obviously the evolution of the title, it just has so much new meaning now. But the genesis of the middleweightiest middleweight title is you just go in there, you do your thing, you squeak by and get a win. And G- GM3 doesn't squeak by and get wins. He just dump trucks people and submits them and puts them away and make makes people go, holy shit, didn't see that coming. To me, that's not middleweighty middleweight. Middleweighty middleweight to me would be, I don't know. Like Phil Haas could be a middleweighty middleweight. Like that's not a bad one. Um, I feel like he has the skill set to be more than that. Uh, I don't know. You, you know, you know what? Jocko the, the, is the quintessential. Jacob Malcoon is a great middleweighty middleweight. Absolutely, like great wrestler, tremendous pace, doesn't finish people really ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. Jacob Malcoon might be the number one contender for the middleweightiest middleweight title. I'll that tell might you, be the actually perfect pick. We I can't believe I forgot this name. Eric Anders is definitely in there. Can't believe I forgot that name. But Eric gets a lot of... Uh, well, yes. I he did finish in his last fight, He though. did. But it's not that frequent. He's gone to a lot of decisions. Uh, and this fight coming up, these guys are, are a bit older. and But I feel like they're... One of them could be in the talk soon. I'm so excited they matched up Ed Herman. And, oh, and the other problem is I think it's a light heavyweight fight. Ed Herman and Zach Cummings, right? It's a light heavyweight fight. Yeah. It's not a... Yeah. But like that, Brad Tavares at this stage is a middleweighty middleweight. Sure. Like mostly decisions. Sure. Um, but man, like there is a bright future for young Jacob Malkoon as the middle, as a future middleweighty Mike, middleweight this is champion. why I feel like Brendan, if he gets the... D, I think if he... Let's say he ends up fighting DDP somehow. DDP beats Brunson, he fights DDP. I think if he beats CDP, he has to pass the belt down. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, okay, okay. He doesn't need it after that. But his, I mean, his career is taking a whole new turn since winning this belt. It's it's huge. Yes. His manager, Ali Abdelaziz, thinks Brendan Allen is two wins away from a title shot now. It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. It's, well, maybe. I I think he's well more than two If those wins are, he beats... Dragus Duplessis and then beats like Jared Cannonier. He's gonna need more than that. What if he beats Robert Whitaker? That's not gonna happen. But what if he did? If he beats Robert Whitaker, <laughs> yes, he gets the title shot. Oh, that's if he beats Rob, if, if he beats Bobby Knuckles, he gets the title shot. But that's, he ain't getting that fight anytime soon. I'm just saying that's what his management is talking about. Uh, Hayes the third also throwing out Sakai versus Arlovsky too. Sure, it's time. Why not? I don't know. Uh, Levitt versus Mark Jacquezi. I don't mind that. Uh, Peak versus Trail. I think you mentioned that one. All right, Hayes. Thank you for those picks. Braden O'Neill. Let's do a few more here. Braden O'Neill. Uh, Peak versus Anshul Jubilee. I think Peak. I would love to see that. I, I want to bring, but I think Peak is a step above him. I'd like to see Jubilee get a lot more experience first. I know people are like, oh, well, like, oh, they're both one UFC fight. But like we said, Peak has been fighting pretty good competition in the US. Uh, Jubilee is, is again, come from India. Not the most super developed. Um, country yet as far as MMA goes. A talented guy. I think he could be a great fighter. I think he's well a ways away from us figuring out what he is. Um, so I don't want to see that next. Maybe maybe somewhere down the road. Mr. Guy MMA on Twitter. Peak versus Gennaro Valdez. And Tatiana Suarez versus the Calvillo Lupi Godinez loser. Uh, one, I did not know that fight was happening. 
two is that a that's a straw that's a what kind of what division is this happening in 15 i think i did not even know this was happening um i'm gonna take a quick look at topology here that is happening yeah 287 excuse me straw weight okay straw weight so cubio is dropping back down interesting all right um i actually don't mind that i don't know how you feel about it mike don't love it but Lu- sure. Lupi would love to have a shot at Tatiana Suarez. You know, she well, yeah, her. Lupi will fight her tomorrow. <laughs> She'd fight her the next day. That's how we love her. That's how we love Lupi. Uh, Liam Perry, Levitt versus Ludovic Klein, Jai Herbert winner, UFC 286, March 18, Peak versus Machate, Suarez Lemo, sure, popular pick. Sakai versus Rodrigo Nascimento, why not? And I want to end on this one. My clearest value is coming in with... Uh, very emphatic. Brendan Allen versus Marvin Vittori when he loses, all caps, loses to Roman Delice, UFC 286, March 18th. How do you like that? How do you like that as Damn. part of the, the two fight, the two fights away plan? How do you like Marvin Vittori? I mean, if Marvin loses, that's three losses in a row for Marvin. Is so, it really? I mean, the, the win loses its luster, right? Is that three straight losses? Does for Marvin Vittori fall and start falling into middleweighty middleweight range? I mean, he probably is there and probably has been his entire <laughs> He just run. fought for a title. <laughs> I know, but I mean, he probably is like the quintessential middleweightiest middleweight. And we could be getting, we could be getting to that place. Like if Marvatory, if Mar, ooh. No, he okay. beat, pa- he wow. beat Paulo, wait, he beat Paulo Costa. He beat Paulo Costa. So it's two, two out of his last three. Uh, is he, is he two out of his last three? He okay. won the Costa okay. fight. He won the Costa fight. Hmm. I will say that, oh, man. If this happens, and they do Brennan versus Marvin Vittori, Marvin Vittori becomes the middleweightest middleweight champion, win or lose. Because, I mean, I think he is the standard. I think when Marvin Vittori's career is over, he's going to be doing talks about being the middleweightiest middleweight. Because he probably is, but he's just he's just so good at it. He's so good at it. Wow. My head hurts now. See the evolution of this title? Wow. My head hurts. This is great stuff. The, the, the permutations, Mike. Oh, the permutations so are hurting my skull. Dude, like, you understand that this is getting over to a point where we're going to have to do this for every division, right? And we've already, again, we've already kind of, listen, Augusta Sakai and, and, and uh, Jamal, uh, who was it last week? Uh, Jamal Pogues. They're, they're showing kind of what it means to be a heavyweightiest heavyweight. I'm just saying. I'm just Dude. saying. We, I'm telling you right now, and I'm just going to put this out for the universe right this second. If we get a world where Pacaporta fights Chris Barnett, we are introducing the heavyweightiest heavyweight title. We were on BTL, and someone was like, oh, someone was reporting that the UFC is coming to Boston sometime in April, which I had not heard that, and I didn't see that reported anywhere. Like, what would be the main event? And we, I was like, Pacaporta needs to fight somebody for the heavyweightiest heavyweight title. So, yeah, if we get, if we get, Porter versus Barnett booked. That's that it will be for the inaugural heavyweightiest heavyweight title. But I'm so excited where this is going to go this year. It's just going to become a thing, and I'm so pumped. 2023 is really picking up. It's the year of the raw dog. It's the year of okay. the divisionally divisionist titles across the board. I'm so I'm so excited. I'm I'm torn about some of these developments, but overall, <laughs> yes, excitement. <laughs> Do you have any more, AK? That's it. Oh, I'm sorry. That was yeah. I want to close on that. That is it. That is uh, thank you, uh, uh, Clearest Values for that show closer. All right. So I want to read two more uh, two more picks. Tino Alvarez, uh, Mike Malat, Jeremiah Wells. That's a good fight. 
But there's two that I looked at. You mentioned Jordan Leverage and Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already discussed that one. Joe Selecki, AK, versus Carlos Diego Fajera. What do you think about that matchup? Because I oh. think that would be fun as hell, man. The grappling exchanges in that fight would be just sick. Hold on. I need to look we up. We haven't something. seen CDF hold in a minute. On, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Uh, okay, that was, I just had a weird moment. Uh, Victor Martinez, he fought, who was, who did Victor Martinez fight? He, oh, he lost to Jordan Levitt. And this is Joe. Victor Martinez is a CDF. Yeah, that's why I was was confused. Okay. So I said, you said Joe Selecki, this is Joe Selecki versus Diego. CDF. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, sorry. So there's no connection there. I just was wondering why I was, uh, why I thought about, uh, Diego Fede this morning. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, before his injury. Was like I think he was top fifteen in the UFC official rankings, and I know he he's might, been. I don't know hover- if he's ranked anymore. I know he's been hovering around our global rankings for some time. Um, I like it. That's very good, Tino. I like that's it very, too. That's very good. Very good, Tino. Very good. And okay. there's a storyline. Okay. There's a storyline there. Victor Martinez, uh, a pupil of Diego Fajera. There you go. You could try to get one back for a student. I wait, no, it. wait. You said. Wait, hold uh, on. You said. Wait, wait. No, wait. I, I, I confused you because you said. Selecti Victor Martinez, versus... no, no. Victor Martinez is trained by Carlos Diego Fajera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said Selecki versus Fajera, right? Right. And oh no, that, that's no, right. Selecki beat Deaton. Beat that's Martinez. my fault. I confused that's you. Right. I confused no, you. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, I am a mess. I, I, no, a mess. I, no, no, no. That's my. Fault. I brought it up for no reason. I brought it up for no reason. Yeah. That's, on, that's on me. That's okay, on. there we go. <laughs> I take uh, responsibility for that. Forget everything that just happened there. But here's the other one that I thought was interesting. <laughs> okay, Jasmine. Jazz Devizius versus Molly McCann. That's a good one. In, in I would do. I in would London, do that in fight. London. In London. Yep, I would do that fight. I would do that fight because I think Jazz. I honestly think people are like. I don't think a lot of people know who Jasmine is, and that people are, who just are getting to know her as UFC fighter Jasmine Jazz Devizius are starting to see. The personality that I've seen from Jasmine since she was like a one and zero pro, she's hilarious. She's super funny, and she could be something. Like she could be something. I wish she was a little. I wish she found the sport a little sooner. Mm-hmm. Her story is just crazy. She is like a legit natural with MMA. It's just wild how she found the sport, and that was a great performance. And if she beats Molly McCann, she gets over in a big way. So and if she loses, who gives a shit? Who cares? Like I think that's actually a really good fight. Yeah, that's 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 perfect matchmaking to me. That is again, if it happens in London, specifically, you make this in London. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Sure, it's a bummer for the home crowd if if uh, Jasmine gets an upset win. I do think she would be the underdog going in. Um, it's a bummer, but at least for the UFC in the grand picture, you're like, oh, okay, maybe we have uh, someone who can. Do, we have another player at one twenty five. And again, if McCann. If the you know the odds play out, McCann gets a, gets a, a knockout or a, a exciting decision win. There you go. You you keep that Molly McCann train rolling. So yeah, great matchmaking. I don't think either woman is destroyed at all by a loss. I like it. Tino, that's a couple of that's a couple of hits there. I'm into it. You did good. You did good. That's good stuff. Um, yeah. So I think we're done here. If you're listening, like I feel like we should cut like different things. Oh. What did you think of that Jake Paul win? What did you think of that Jake Paul loss? <laughs> what did you think of Tommy Fury not making uh, it to the fights? Listen, people <laughs> people were getting plenty of that. Like I said, by the time I don't know what time they're going to listen to the show, but uh sometimes Saturday guys, uh you'll you'll be treated to a a post fight 
uh, uh, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury post-fight show. So look forward to that. So next week, we will be discussing the fallout of UFC 285. We will be live. So a reminder, and I, and I always feel bad because I forget to do this. Uh, it's a live show, so the pick submissions don't go that route. It's unfortunate for the people who like can't wake up or the days beyond them, but we're going to only be doing picks on the during the YouTube chat on Saturday. I'm yeah. not sure what time that show is going to start because uh, I will be in New York, so it's yeah. always kind of a we mess. Can, we can sprinkle happening. in some DM picks, but for the most part, it's, it's going to be what pops up on our screen that we're going to focus yeah. on. So. Because I usually only have like an hour and I can't go any longer on those mm-hmm. live shows because mm-hmm. it gets a little too chaotic where I have to do the show. But of course, we got John Jones versus Cyril Gaon, Valentina Shevchenko versus Alexa Grasso for the flyweight title, Shafkar Rachmanov versus Jeff Neal, Matush Gamrot, Jalen Turner, Bo Nichols' debut against Jamie Pickett, Cody Garbrandt back against Trevin Jones, DDP, Drickus Duplessis. Versus Derek Brunson, Viviani Arujo, Amanda Hibas. This card is so ridiculous. So Julian Marquez versus Mark Andre Barrio. Love it. Ian Machado Gary versus Kanan Song. Mana Martinez versus Cameron Simon. Jessica Penne versus Tabitha Ricci. Farid Basharat versus Damon Blackshear. And apparently there's another fight on the books. Uh, another report. Igor Lazar- uh, Lazarin is reporting that. Kamuela Kirk is out of his fight with Ooh. Esteban Rebovich. But okay. stepping in what? is a man who has been kind of in the middle of this Conor McGregor tough controversy because of Gilbert Burns sharing stories. Uh, Loik uh, Radzaboff oh, is apparently PFL's stepping own. in. Yes, apparently Loik was supposed what? to be on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, there is There have been talks about Conor has basically... Put his foot down, said, no, he's off the show. I want my teammates in. Who knows what's the truth and what isn't. But apparently, uh, Radzaboff is one of those guys, according to Gilbert Burns. And this actually works out way better for Mr. Radzaboff. He doesn't have to do the Ultimate Fighter BS. He's already in the UFC, apparently. So uh, we'll see if that is, in fact, the truth, if that is actually happening. But that is on the books. But I is, cannot wait for UFC 285. This is such a well-constructed card. You've got prospects, a, a lot of fights with prospects and up-and-comers early on the card. You've got veteran names for them. Yeah, veteran names on the uh, ESP, the, the I guess the not early prelims, the regular prelims. And then, of course, a, a stacked main card led off by a so intriguing Bo Nickel making his debut. And then uh, plenty of fights with... A couple of fights with contender implications and two title fights. So, oh, and John Jones is back. So there we go. That's uh, something people are talking about, I guess. And I'm always intrigued about how Julian Marquez will fumble the bag if he wins, <laughs> and his microphone work is always the best. Uh, and I mean this. I mean this with great love because uh-huh. I, I am a pu- I am a big fan of Julian Marquez, uh-huh. but I can never get the Miley Cyrus thing. <laughs> out of my head because it was just such a fumble ruski holy cow it was so terrible but uh i am pumped for ufc 285 i'm pumped for the whole fight week uh i'll probably be a little tired and grumpy afterwards but i'm still gonna be pumped to talk about the aftermath of it all so it's gonna be a very exciting week of course we will be there jose young's will be on site for that card so we'll have media day press conference weigh-in stuff galore Heck of a morning all week. BTL will be a fun live show talking about the comings and goings from 285. Preview shows, post-fight shows, people's pre-fight shows, and a live on to the next one. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a bonkers week, everybody. So stick with us at MAFighting.com. We'll get through this craziness together. 
And we'll be back next week right here and on to the next one, the podcast. Just always a friendly reminder. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We'll see you next week, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.